Hey, Rad Dads, and we're back for another episode. I'm Rob. And I'm Sal. We do have a special guest on, Rob. Besides the two <laughs> of us. Brett Turley. Yes, yes, yes. I thought you and I were special. Brett Turley uh, is our guest tonight. And Brett Turley specializes in helping busy professionals think less and move more. Using the experience he gained in special operations with two deployments in Afghanistan, and fast growth tech startup, he knows a thing or two about resilience, high performance, and most importantly, how to shape the habits to get you there. Most importantly, I want to say, Brett, thank you very much for your service. Welcome to the show. And we'll pause here and come back to you with Brett momentarily. All right, Rad Dads, and we're back joined with Brett Turley. Welcome, Brett. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Great. Good, Brett. Nice to meet you. Thanks nice for coming on the well. show. No problems at all. It's uh, been great listening to you guys over the last couple of months whilst in lockdown, and it's um, nice to give back as well. That's awesome. We appreciate it. That's what we're all about here. So do you want to give our listeners a little bit of uh, background about yourself? Sure. I'll, uh, I'll give the short and concise version. Uh, so my background started off in the military. I joined the Army at the age of 17 wound up in special operations for the end of my career working as an explosive detection dog handler. Uh, that featured two deployments to Afghanistan with a dog. So I had the best job in the world, getting to travel the world with a dog and find explosives. Uh, and then I jumped out in 2013, in, out of the military, started a career in fitness, and I've meandered around a couple of careers since then in, in tech and recruitment and things like that. So varied background but with lots of experiential learnings in regards to keeping well fatherhood and uh the sort of things that come with being a military veteran and those types of things that's awesome so tell us a little bit about your family how many kids do you have and what are their ages i i have just the one boy he's five years old but uh, i think i give kudos to anyone with more than one i struggle to keep up with him <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> well it, it listen since you since you've listened to our podcast you would know that rob has two two boys and i have three girls so yes definitely uh they do keep us on our toes that's do, for sure. does the adage does the adage go if you have three girls you get to buy a really big gun he has several multiple big guns <laughs> good yeah fantastic it, 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 you, you go from, when you have two, you go from man-on-man defense to uh, you got to play zone defense. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That gives me hope. We're looking, sort of toying with the idea of having another. So if I do have a girl, that sort of makes me a little bit happy that I can take care of business. <laughs> so Brett, what challenges have you faced raising your, uh, raising your boy? Uh, it's probably the back of being the sort of high-performing individual from an elite sort of group of military uh, type or echelon of people. Like I know I very much worked with the U.S. Special Forces community on my, um, on my second rotation to Afghanistan. So the type of person, if, if anyone's ever encountered people like myself where we're hypervigilant, always alert and always scanning the horizons for the next bit of danger. Um, and 
unfortunately, children is one of the only places in my life I've ever encountered that I can't mitigate all those problems. Uh, so the challenge is really like, it's just that fact of letting go, having a young boy that has to grow up himself, do his thing, learn his lessons when you can get stuck in that mode of control to try and control the narrative or the outcome of certain situations. It's been probably the most humbling thing of my life. I explain it to uh, people in the sense that parent being a, being a good parent is the single most hard or most challenging and rewarding thing I've ever done. And I used to go and get shot at and look for bombs for a living. It is truly rewarding. It is rewarding, but it's also challenging, right? You have to put the time in and that, you know, in, in some of the emails we exchanged previously, we were talking about that you really, you have to dedicate yourself to this. This is not something that you can go in and you can have a bad day. Like it doesn't work like that. You still got to be on your toes on your bad days. And, you know, that's the love and joy of, of having children is, you know, you're always there for them. You can't, you, you can't bail out for a sick day. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's, it's something um, personality types like myself have to deal with and, and sort of struggle to, unless they let go of the whole control thing and, and knowing that you're going to have a bad day. I explain it to my clients in a sense, because I deal with a lot of busy fathers and busy professionals. So guys that are working 50, 60 hour weeks, trying to still be good parents when they come home and be involved. And, and they often, I often find that they add too much into their life. They're trying to do too many things across too many different elements of their life. So I explain it in the sense that we have three three pillars we should really be focusing on. Uh, one is health. Health is the key pillar because without health, you can't do anything else. And the second two are wealth and relationships. Now, wealth is great. It's, it's scientifically proven, though, beyond about 80K a year, it doesn't improve your happiness. It probably just makes you, your problems more complex because you've got more disposable income and things like that. But then relationships is the second most important. Relationships with self, which through my struggles with PTSD and depression and all those sorts of things um, has definitely been something I've learned to master my own emotions and what I, what I put out or I'm learning to master. Sorry, it never really stops. Um, but then your relationship with your, your partner or your wife and your kids. Um, your kids are the only, only people that remember you as you are and they can accept you for your little infallible qualities where you make a mistake and they usually forgive you. So it's important to spend the time and really make sure you're prioritising your health but also your relationships in your life because they're the things that get you through the tough times. Yeah, I, absolutely. That's, that's very well said. And I know you summarized that when you when you sent over some of the, the pre-read. And the one thing I want to key on is the mental health. So for me, and I've talked about this a lot and I've danced around it a lot on, on this and that, and I feel it's very important is mental health for men is not discussed. It's not discussed. We actually brought on Dr. Christian Heim where he was even talking about, I think he's from Australia as well, isn't he? So Yeah, that, that yes. was actually the very first podcast I listened to of you guys. Um, and I heard it and I'm like, damn, that's like exactly me, how he mentions it. Yeah, he was, he was great. I, I really appreciated talking to him. And I, there's some big things we want to do. With obviously not going to happen in year one. We want to, you know, establish our, our listenership. Um, but there's things we want to do of like, bringing people together, like-minded people to kind of have these conversations, you know, come from across the country, across the world to come to a summit and, and talk about these things. Because for me, mental health, the one thing I've learned, especially during COVID is 
Um, I, and it's funny because I just got an Apple watch and it constantly tells me to breathe. But before I got my Apple watch, so I didn't know this, right? I, I meditate now and I wouldn't say every day, but at least three or four times a week. And it really starts your day on such a great, a great setting. Uh, you know, it puts your best foot forward. And, you know, I wake up very early. I wake up, you know, 4.30, but it's, I start the day by doing that with no one's awake. So I'm the only person awake. It's great. Um, but I, but I hear you. I think it's very important. Yeah, it is important. Um, it's, it's all about finding, well, the way I explain it, and the med- we'll, we'll steer back to the mental health thing in a second, and I'll explain a bit about my journey. But moving the needle with your own mental health is all about finding things that you're interested in or you're inquisitive enough to try. Uh, the first thing is action, really, when it comes to our own journey to recovery or, or getting through tough times, because if we sit there and just mull over what's happened and what position we're in we we have no no momentum and anyone like with his podcast with business with anything the scariest thing in the world is having no momentum towards your purpose or your goal Um, so taking that initiative straight away and trying to find something that is restorative and has a positive effect on your mental health is probably the easiest and simplest step most people can take if that's 10 minutes of meditation or 10 minutes of breathing um, that that is all some people need uh, so, and this is all experiential a lot um, and backed by just a little bit of reading and it's experiential in the sense that I've been through it myself. Um, people often assume that um, the time in the military, being blown up, being shot at, nearly dying in chopper crashes, all those sorts of things, uh, near, near misses in chopper, choppers, sorry, um, in 2012 and 2009 when I was in Afghanistan, they think they're probably the most traumatic things that have happened to me. Um, and unfortunately it isn't. What it did was set up a really good base level of resilience and uh, predictability under pressure. So I operate really well in, a, in high pressure environments because that's been the way I've been indoctrinated. But then probably the, the pinnacle of my, my depression or PTSD that I suffered is when I lost my daughter at birth. We, we lost her 15, about 13 months before um, we had my son. Um, that's with my previous partner. Our marriage fell apart. Everything fell in a heap uh, from that period. And if anyone has lost a child, and, and particularly fathers who get forgotten about when you do lose a child, because they all associate it to be with the, the wife or the, the female of the relationship, it's pretty tough. It's, it's dark. Um, it took me a lot of years to sort of let that go and process it. But what I did was just simply start one day. I was laying in bed, I think at about 4.30 in the morning, and I was exhausted. I was working 60-hour weeks um, and I was just depressed, tired, worn out. And I was really mentally, I wasn't in great shape. But I simply, one morning, I just got up and did 10 minutes of exercise and then just started. And I promised myself for 30 days, I would just keep going. I wouldn't stop. If it was five or 10 minutes, I'd go and go and go. And then that snowballed into momentum. Um, and I also backed it with meditation. I think my longest streak was 55 days straight. There's some ungodly amount of hours in the meditation app I use through that that time and period. Um, But I just kept going. Um, But I started small and let the momentum take care of itself. And it's helped drag me through those tough times. And now everything seems a little bit more manageable in life because you have that learned resilience and you know you can go through some fairly tough outcomes and you're going to get through okay. But that's only come from that action. But I think it all starts in your mind uh, and 
how would you recommend getting your mind set first or because it's health, mind and fitness, correct? I, I feel that you got to yeah. get your head straight before yeah. conquering the, the other, the other uh, aspects of it. Yeah. So the old saying, the mind is primary. I believe Mark Twight said that, um, but it is absolutely. Um, I was very fortunate to be from an organization or a group of people that valued mental resilience. Uh, they didn't value mental health and hence why we see that veteran suicide rate and things like that. I don't know if it's the same in the States. We're kind of, kind of um, in a position where we lose two to three of the boys per month from suicide um, from the Afghanistan conflict. But um, being raised by a strong father, I was, he was separated as well from my mum. I still have a great relationship with my mum, but I was raised by my dad from 13 to 17. I learned about that mental resilience in that space. And I also learned it was okay to not be okay in that space because I saw my dad struggle with those sorts of things. Um, and then in the military, uh, improving on that mental resilience, I was fortunate to take that path because it gave me the skills I needed to to get through there. Uh, and depending on your background, conditioning, what you've been through, you might not have that resilience. So we talk about starting with the mind, but you also might not be in a position where you have the ability to, and that's okay. Uh, learning that you, you're too far stretched or you're burnt out and then asking for help or even just reaching out to people you trust is usually that first step because it adds that extrinsic accountability as well for people to check in and help you through the journey. See, but that's, men think that reaching out and asking for help is a sign of weakness. And, and I don't think it is a sign of weakness. You have acknowledged that, okay, you're at rock bottom and you need to talk to someone and you need to ask somebody, hey, I need some help getting my head straight. I don't think it's a sign of weakness. No, it's, yeah, it's that's, an ab absolutely pure form of strength. A acknowledging your uh, shortcomings and, and your need for help um, and being vulnerable. I think, I think men don't like to be vulnerable, yet we talk to our partners and we, we sort of we hear what, what women want from men. It's people that are actually willing to be vulnerable but strong at the same time. So to do the work but to acknowledge where they are in that current space and time. Um, but then also, uh, I've been also fortunate again to have friends on similar journeys. So I've been able to find a, a similar group of individuals traveling the same path, which helps. Um, so you might find if people think you're weak for doing that and they're in your circle of influence or people you hold dear, it's probably time for you to go find a different circle, to be honest, as opposed to worrying yeah, about agree. what your perceptions are. I agree 100%. Then they're you know they're they're not they're not for you they're not there to support you. So how have you effectively balanced health work and relationships after becoming a father? It's all you've got to. I, I found drilling down to my non-negotiables has helped me guide the rest of my decisions. So my non-negotiables for me personally in a health aspect is to maintain an above average level of health and fitness for myself because A, I feel mentally good with it. I know when I start to drop my routine uh, and my want to exercise, I'm tired. So that means I have to focus more on recovery. I've learned how my body and my mind responds to stress, fatigue, and then the addition of exercise and health-related activities. So that's one of my big non-negotiables, finding time 
Um, and then my second one is is from the time when I have my son being a separated parent, I only get him a portion of the times being committed as a father. And that means work taking a backwards step over those days. Um, but I can guarantee my father passed away at 55 from a heart attack. The only thing I remember is him being there and spending the time with me. So I've embodied that to take through to myself being a father now. And then the wealth and the, the work side of things, I, I've, I just, I'd love what I do. This is like my passion. Um, I'm lucky enough. I'm 35 years of age and I've found something I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, so work, I don't feel like is hard for me. It's hard to make money sometimes and pay the bills, but that's the stress of starting a small business and being brave enough to give it a crack. So finding what your non-negotiables are, dialing into what makes you, um, what makes you tick and what actually means something to you are probably the two starting points I would suggest for anyone to, to begin with. So something that we didn't mention in the beginning, you're an author as well, correct? Yeah, so I did write a book as a bit of an experiment uh, back in 2006, I believe, uh, to document everything I'd learned in the fitness space and, and that sort of stuff, but to, to get to put my writing down on paper and get it published, which uh, I was fortunate enough it made the number one in health and fitness on Amazon for a period there. Um, but I've just recently unpublished it because I want to rewrite it eventually one day because I've gone through a bit of a transformational journey and I'd like to rewrite it on a new perspective um, for people to enjoy and take with them and hopefully make it a bit more of a bigger impact with it. You know, Brad, you talk about health and, and how it's so important to you. I've struggled this is going to sound crazy. I can't believe I'm saying this on my podcast, but I've struggled with my weight my whole life, right? My whole life. Mm -hmm. I was, I hit at one point 230 pounds when I was in college and it wasn't my priority. It never was. Um, I, my priority was to have fun for a long time. It wasn't my focus to maintain exercise. Like I'd be like, all right, I'm going to the gym. I'll go to the gym for like three weeks. And then I won't go to the gym. Once I had kids, I realized, you know, at one point in my late twenties, I, you know, went from whatever I was at two thirty, to like, I maintained, I think when I got married to my wife, I was two ten, And then once I had my first child and he started becoming active, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, this is crazy. So then I started focusing on my diet and changing my diet and then, you know, being very effective. I don't know if you listened last year, I was a vegetarian for, for a, a, um, well, a pescatarian for a sustained amount of time. And what I realized is as I went through that journey, that didn't necessarily work for me because as I, I loved everything about it. First of all, I love beans. I love fish. It was great, but I ended up meeting, eating a lot more bread. So I like ended up, I didn't have the discipline to say, all right, I'm not going to eat these things that I didn't eat when I was on keto. So I love the keto diet. I know it's not sustainable. You can't eat bacon every day for the rest of your life. It's just not sustainable, <laughs> but I would love it if it was, but it does give me that discipline because it's a very regimented diet. And I didn't, I grew up with a family who was very health conscious. My dad's incredibly health conscious. My mom's incredibly health conscious, but for me, and I think that's part of it. They were so strict. Part of my rebellion was, all right, I'm not going to be that health conscious. And it didn't happen until I had kids. And I was like, all right, I get it. You know, and I doubt, I think I lost like 25 pounds, 30 pounds after I had, um, after I decided to make that change. And then it's, you know, you try to find that balance, but everyone's a little bit different, but I do believe that 
health has to play in, no matter what it means to you. You don't have to be an above average health, but you have to take care of your health because your kids are going to model themselves after you as well. So I think it's a, it's a very important part of parenting. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, people sort of, especially men, they're pretty hard on themselves when they realize they haven't taken the best course of action when it comes to their own health and fitness. But then the things, instead of like, we're really good at being negative upon ourselves and bashing ourselves for making the wrong decisions. But the big things I always ask people that are in the same boat as you, like it's pretty common, man. You'd be pretty happy to know that you're pretty normal, to be honest, Um, is finding your why. So your why came from having kids and wanting to be around for their future and seeing them grow and imparting a good relationship with food uh, onto them. My dad passed away when I was 55. I was, no, sorry, when he was 55 and I was, I think, 26 or so, 25. Um, And I had so much more left in my life I wanted to show my dad. Um, So it really, it really sort of emphasised that I needed to look after myself. But I was taught to enjoy food as a kid and the relationship was a little bit different to you. But I had my why as to why I want to grow old with my with my son and do all that sort of stuff. So it's very similar to you. And then the next stage of it is letting go. This thing is a is a lifetime process. Um, be okay with falling off the bandwagon. Be okay with putting a bit of weight back on, but then just get back on as soon as you can. That's the trick. It's that consistency over time. So action breeds can action breeds momentum. Momentum breeds consistency. And only once you have consistency discipline follows that's what a lot of people miss when they listen to all these motivational gurus out there they go straight to discipline they think all of the people that come out of the military are just hyper disciplined people we were taught that way we were built that way through some of the best training systems the world has to offer so stop trying to go to step four when you simply just need to take some action at step one and be okay with it could take the rest of your life to get there yeah, I agree. I, I love See, that. See, I've been I've been on that uh, bandwagon before, um, and it's I fell off the bandwagon many of times and gotten run over by the bandwagon and just <laughs> never found my my way back on top. Yes, it, 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 the mindset is truly important. I, I've been there where I could uh, feel good about myself and understand that you know. There are things that I want to eat, but I know they're not good for me. And I can just stick to, 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 to my daily routine, understanding what I need to eat and what not to eat. Yeah, and, and if, we look, like, if we look at that relationship with food and emotional triggers too, and we have those cravings and things, people can sometimes really benefit just stopping and going, why do I feel like this? Am I stressed? Am I tired? Have I not eaten enough throughout the day? so on and so forth and start going through that decision-making or causal analysis. So the five wires go five layers deep uh, and try and discover those little things. So you can see like you're talking about falling off the bandwagon all the time. It's perfectly normal, um, but learning why we fall off the bandwagon is a really impactful way to learn how to stay on the thing too. I, I, I agree. All right. So let's move on to the rapid fire round. So if you're a listener, you... You know, we kind of go through this. It's about 10 questions, eight questions. So favorite cartoon. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I like Avengers, superheroes. I grew up with them. Nice. Favorite movie. Uh, Good question. Oh, there's lots. I love a good uh, Saving Private Ryan was a big one for me as a kid. Obvious career choice. (laughs) Favorite food. (laughs) Favorite food. 
anything Japanese. I spent a win, uh, two weeks in winter there a couple of years back and it blew my mind. Love it. Nice. Favourite sport? Uh, partial to a bit of rugby union. Used to play as a kid. Not anymore. Favourite sports team? Uh, that would be anyone from Queen, any team from rugby league union in Queensland. So your Brisbane Broncos, Queensland Reds, Wallabies for the Australian rugby team. Got to stay true to my colours. <laughs> Favorite dad moment. Favorite dad moment. Oh, there's been many, but the highlight would probably, probably just have to be my son being born and just being able to hold him for the first time. That that was pretty mind blowing. Considering the previous experience that I had of losing my daughter at birth, that was a very raw and surreal time I'll, I'll cherish for the rest of my life favorite family vacation location well i live at the beach so we can't say beach that's a bit of a cop out i would love to take my little family back to japan i would love to do that nice when covid is it over i guess <laughs> if, it, if it's ever gonna end hope <laughs> So where, where can our so audience find you on social media? Uh, they can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I stream weekly on YouTube if people want to come in and jump in and check it out. But at Minimalism Fitness is the handle for Facebook and then at Minimalism Fitness underscore for Instagram. But you can just type in Minimalism Fitness or Brett Turley with those mixes on the old Googles and you'll be able to find me quite well. So, Brett, we asked... Every father, last question, uh, we ask him the same question. What words of wisdom would you impart on our listeners? I'd probably pass on an inspirational type thing or an aspirational type thing is find your values. Once you align to your values, life becomes inherently much easier. Mine personally are the three Bs. Be grateful, be useful, and be consistent. If you can find your values, a lot of things make things make a lot more sense in the world, or at least guide you to where you want to be. That's great. That's Excellent. great. Love the three Bs. Love the three Bs. It's the first I'm glad time I heard so, I, Yeah, I'm glad someone did. Uh, my old company, we had an off offsite retreat, and they ended up molding some of them loosely based around the three Bs concept. So it, it has had an impact in people's lives. But I stress, people find your own. They might not be your Bs <laughs> if you want to run down that path. <laughs> Brett, Brett, I want to thank you for coming on. It was truly a pleasure. Thank you very much for your service. Um, we're definitely looking forward to uh, future collaboration with you. This was, uh, this was an awesome uh, session we had here. No problems at all. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate giving me the time to tell my stories. I'll uh, put together a bit of a, uh, a freebie pack for any of the listeners. Uh, I'll put it on minimalismfitness.com forward slash raddads. Uh, so awesome. you guys can get some of my mobility and movement content. If you're a parent that's struggling, getting moving, uh, hopefully it will help you guys. That's great. Excellent. We'll put that in a uh, liner notes and yes, we'll, definitely. Uh, also mention that on our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook posts. And, Thanks and so much for having me on guys. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and thank you for being a listener and spread the word in Australia. We want to be uh, a top podcast down there. There's plenty of dads <laughs> here, so I'll do my best. All right. Thank you. It was great. So much, good guys. luck. Stay safe during the COVID. You too. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. All right. And that concludes our interview with Brett Turley, Minimalness Fitness. Thanks, Brett, for coming on the show. And tune in next week for another episode.